Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and with me as always is Miles Danhausen. How are you, Miles? I'm all right, all things considered. We are we are holding in there and we're, we're doing things a little bit differently starting with this episode of the podcast. Uh, we want to try to bring people as much information as quickly as possible. Uh, so we are going to move to a little bit different format and we're going to try to get you more frequent updates, shorter run times, that kind of thing. So every day, hopefully, you will be able to uh, listen to the episode, find out where we are right now, uh, and, and move forward. But keep an eye on your podcast feeds. Keep an eye on the website and the Facebook. Uh, you'll be seeing many more of these episodes coming up more frequently than you might be used to. But we're going to try to get people as much information as we possibly can. So yeah, things are things are changing so rapidly. The It's been hard for me to keep up as both someone trying to document stuff and get information out, write up articles, but also someone who is involved in a lot of these discussions as well. So it's a classic case of small town journalism where you can't be just this, this separate observer and not take part when it's your hometown and your own community. So right. I don't have the luxury of just telling you what other people are doing. In some cases, you have to be involved. Right. And, and putting these out once or twice a week, by the time we get any information out to people on Friday, it's going to be obsolete by the next day. Right. So uh, we're, we're hoping to get you more information uh, more, more timely. frequently. Yeah. So uh, why don't we just jump in? Uh, Miles, do you have kind of the status for how things are going uh, nationwide in regards to COVID-19? Well, probably like a lot of people, I have made a lot of frequent checks of the Johns Hopkins Coronavirus Resource Center page. They have a big interactive map. Right now, we've surpassed 200,000 cases worldwide. And we are now, they just updated some Wisconsin numbers. We now have, as we're recording this Friday morning, or Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, it's Wednesday. Um, there we go. We found it. I am fried. Uh, we have 90 cases in Wisconsin, up from 72 yesterday, up from 46 the day before. Uh, New York yesterday went from 900 to 1,700 cases. I have a brother-in-law and sister-in-law who are living in New York who are due in three weeks. The question now is, how, how fastly does that evolve out there? And, and what's their situation? Are they going to be able to, to get into a hospital to give birth in a couple of weeks? I, I've got a, several other friends um, debating that same question in different parts of the country, including here. Right. And I, I want to echo the this idea of flattening the curve. It, the, the reason why we're social distancing, the reason why it's so important to stay at home right now is because if if the disease hits a location and it grows exponentially, which it has been shown to do in other parts of the world and in the United States, hospitals will be overwhelmed very quickly. And by social distancing, we're not eradicating the disease. We're not stopping the spread. We are slowing it down. We are flattening the curve so that hospitals can handle the amount of people who are coming in. Uh, Miles, you have the stats on our hospital here in Door County, right? How many beds are we looking at uh, compared to our population? So nationwide, everybody's probably seen these reports about how few hospital beds we have to handle this crush compared to some other countries, which also don't have enough hospital beds. Here in Door County, it's, it's particularly stark. We have a hospital that would normally have 20 to 25 beds available, assuming not they're not being used up by other just normal cases. They're the state of emergency, the national emergency, allows some of those caps to be lifted so they could put more beds in there, but that doesn't mean they have more people to treat the people in those beds. So yeah, what Dave Lenow had said at the board meeting Monday night was, obviously, we have some really great medical professionals. We've got amazing first responders and and 
fire department personnel. We just don't have a ton of them. And it's they already get stretched thin come summertime. And when we have multiple emergencies at the same time, such as when we had that tragic death on Fall Fest in Sister Bay, if you would have gotten sick at that same time, if you would have had a heart attack at that same time, your ambulance might have come from Algoma. So that's how quickly our health departments and our emergency services can get overwhelmed. So if you have 25 beds, let's run the numbers on that population. The new guidance is that Basically, all ages do have to be concerned about this virus. It's not as simple as, I'm young, I'm fine. Um, I've talked to doctors who have said, you know, the guidance had been a small portion of people get hospitalized, but everyone else still gets, like 40% of them maybe don't get very sick, maybe mild symptoms, but another 40% actually still do get really sick, the kind of stuff that would keep you home from work for days. If you've ever had the flu, this is similar to a very bad flu. Yeah. So as one doctor told me, like the worst flu you've ever had. Right. So it's not that, you know, you're young, you're not going to get sick. You can still get very, very sick. Young people have died from this as Correct. well. Uh, but even if you don't get sick, you can pass the disease on to other people uh, without even feeling symptoms yourself. So regardless of your age, it, it is important to keep your distance, to keep your hygiene up, wash your hands for 20 seconds, do all of that kind of social distancing stuff that we've been talking about. Because even if you don't feel ill, you might feel ill later. Uh, and even if you never get symptoms, you can still pass the virus on to others. And so let's run some simple numbers. Door County population, about 28,000 people, year-round residents. Of those 28,000 people, according to the 2010 census, 29.8% of them are over the age of 65. In Northern Door, that percentage is even higher. So if you take the, this is a a vast underestimate, but if 5% of those people get very sick, you're looking at 500 people. If 1% of those people over the age of 65 get sick to the point of hospitalization, just 1%, that's 100 people. That's four times the number of beds we have. We have four ICU units at the hospital. We have a handful of ventilators and respirators. Most of the people who get sick enough to get hospitalized are said they the average that was reported yesterday is three weeks that you're hospitalized. The average if they recover. And then most of them need respirators, especially people who are older or those who have underlying health conditions. The data says from what I've read, and I've read a lot about this and, and talked to different health professionals, but being over 60 is the underlying health condition. And then any other conditions are on top of that. Right. So those numbers are low because the data Data from a compilation of Italy, Korea, and China that came out in this imperial study um, just a couple days ago, which really changed the tone of the White House, that data said that the hospitalization rate for people over 40 is 5%, over 40. So when you get up to the 60 and 70-year-olds, you're talking 15%, 20% hospitalization rate if you get this virus. And the fatality rate is extraordinarily high as you hit those upper age groups. So you can see how rapidly things could go downhill. In Italy, they are making triage, like war zone type decisions of, you are old, this person is 40 with two kids, this person is 82, we can't treat you. You're going to have to stay home and deal with it there. And we have to save this 40-year-old. That's the kind of decision they're making in Italy. Similar population demographics as us. Why don't we talk a little bit about what has changed since our last recording? Uh, We talked on Thursday about stuff for the Friday podcast. Uh, Things have evolved very rapidly since that. Uh, So let's talk Door County. What has happened since uh, the weekend, basically? Uh, Since the last time we recorded, uh, you met with the, the school board and Gibraltar school board had no plans on closing. That changed very quickly later in the evening when Governor Evers shut down all schools. Uh, Gibraltar was planning on staying open till today, which is the last day that schools are open in 
Wisconsin. But then over the weekend, they decided to not open up on Monday and have been basically closed since uh, the end of day Friday, correct? Yes. So this is Governor Evers issued the order Friday to close schools beginning at the end of day Wednesday. Um, So all the schools were just going to follow that advice. But when Evers gave that order, he also said, no gatherings of 250 or more people. Well, a school is a gathering of hundreds and hundreds of people. Right. The two directives didn't mesh, and that's been a problem, and it remains a problem. People are getting confusing messages about what they need to do. Restaurants are being told, you can stay open, but how many are we supposed to have in here? A restaurant is told, now yesterday they ordered all restaurants shut down, but manufacturing um, places of 1,000 people are not being told to shut down. So I don't know. There, there's you could justify that certain places can be open because they can keep distance. Like you and I right now are about eight feet apart. Our office has been closed, except for if somebody needs to come in and get something to put out the paper, we just keep our distance. Nobody's, <laughs> everyone's wiping everything down. But yeah, there, there's a lot of mixed messages coming from up high. So the school was going to stay open through Tuesday with students, and then Wednesday was going to be a development day. Finally, Sunday, the school decided, the school board went and had an emergency kind of meeting and chose to close immediately on Monday morning. Um, we published an editorial Sunday that I, I'd imagine most of our listeners have read that Dave Elliott and I basically implored this community to take this more seriously because when you look at the numbers and I'm not making the editorial we wrote and the statements I've made and things I've said on this podcast are not based on watching TV news. I just don't watch TV news. I, I think it's a bad venue to get your information in a crisis like this. It's from talking to doctors, talking to health professionals in cities around the country, talking to my friends and family overseas um, who are dealing with this, reading the reports from very respected individuals and what they're seeing. It's not when we when we told people to take this seriously and that we need to consider shutting things down. That's not good for us as a paper. Obviously, it's not we're not doing that. Some people say like media is hyping this up. There's, There's just more clicks. There's more money in it. Like there's no money in it for us if businesses close. There's no advertisers with anything to advertise if businesses close. So Believe me, like it's a calculus in my mind that you can't help but factor into it. It's like, well, if we say this, this could crush our business. Right. But it's more important to not crush my neighbors and and the the lives of so many people here. So hopefully all those warnings are overhyped. I would love to see we wake up tomorrow and this is just like, you know what? It did go away. It did do the magical thing that Trump things has said over and over. It's just going to wash away. It'll just be gone. It'll be a miracle. But nothing in science tells me that's going to be the the case. Right. What about the other schools in Door County? I, I haven't heard from Sturgeon Bay or Sevastopol or anything like that. They decided to stay open through Tuesday. I know it's not an easy decision. Um, and I, I've talked to each of them. They're making these with the best information that they can gather. And they are doing it out of concern for families who don't have childcare to put these kids into or some many kids who don't have f- meals if they don't go to school. There's a lot of different calculuses. I don't mean to th- imply at all that any of these decisions are easy, but hopefully we don't don't pay any price for some of our delayed reactions. Right. So bars and restaurants throughout the county have closed or moved to takeout only at this point. Lots of places are posting on social media what they are doing to serve the community. Um, so that's been really cool to see different places saying that they are uh, moving to like curbside delivery, that type of thing. Um, 
Sunnies had talked about providing meals to children, all those kind of things. It, it's great to see the community coming together in those ways. Yeah. And one of, you know, all these places voluntarily doing it. When I was at the Sister Bay Village board meeting Monday for a special meeting where they declared a state of emergency, we actually talked about whether you actually need to make that declaration because you're trying to stop people from gathering and to practice the social distances, stop gathering in bars, especially before the St. Patrick's Day holiday, one of the busiest of this time of year, and suddenly having thousands of people getting together. And, you know, in our community, I said, you, you may not have to force everybody. You might just have to ask. So maybe it doesn't need to be so heavy handed to do the state of emergency. And I think most people did. Even, even as that meeting was going on, people were announcing that they were closing out of concern for their neighbors, which is, I mean, times of crisis really make you like a, a community's true colors come through. And I'm seeing that a lot the last couple of days, not just by business owners, but the way the fire chiefs are responding and the county's coming together. The reason they had to do that state of emergency is because it opens up avenues for uh, potential funds to help support activities that you're doing. It sends a serious message, really, that the state of emergency declared by the County of Door and Sister Bay were the first serious messages local officials had given to people in this community to take it seriously. And as long as all they're hearing it from is faraway TV stations, it seems like something that's happening in New York, Seattle, California. It's not Door County. It, they, it really did need to come from local local leaders and officials. And, and Monday, we finally got that. Miles, I want to talk about the state of emergency that was declared by the county, because along with that, there was also some information about some additional paid time off. If you are affected by this, if you, if you have symptoms of the disease or if a spouse, um, if you... Uh, have increased childcare needs because of the schools closing, um, if you're unable to get to work because of this, there are, are there are a bunch of different reasons why this might, uh, you might be able to take advantage of this, um, this additional paid time off. Can, can you give me a little bit more context about that? Right now, I think for every business owner and employee, it's just, I think so much is up in the air. You know, when they declared a state of emergency, they said, well, Hopefully what this does is it means after the fact, anything we do, we can apply for reimbursement. doesn't guarantee it. Nobody knows. Like the fire department's doing all this work right now. In communities where they've declared a state of emergency, they can log those hours, log those expenses, and hopefully get reimbursed down the road. That's what happened when Ellison Bay had the explosion 12, 13 years ago, and they got a lot of reimbursement funds for that closure and for those businesses that were shut down in the prime summer season. We There's not a lot of direction from the federal government or the state on, on how this things these things will shake out. Uh, you hear the White House talking about reimbursing cruise ships and banks again versus all the small business, businesses. Locally, we don't we don't know what it holds for us here at the Pulse. And I don't. I think I talked to a lot of employees who, you know, they're talking about an unemployment rate of 20% really quickly um, nationwide. And I don't think a lot of people know what, what that end game is going to be. There's a lot of proposals out there for different, um, reducing the payroll tax, which doesn't help a lot if you didn't have a job or now don't have one. So there's there's a lot of stuff we need to figure out. But I think first and foremost is the health thing. And, and, I, and we can figure out the money thing. That's one of the things that we said in our editorial. When it comes to debating whether or not to close the school, it should it's a public health and safety question, not an educational question, not a testing question, not even honestly a child care question. It's first 
what is the healthiest thing we can do for our community? Second, all right, now how do we take care of those children if, if the healthiest thing is to end school? Third, how do we feed those children if we've decided that we can't keep them in school? But the first question has to be, you got you to gotta eliminate uh, some of that clutter in your head and go like, what's the best thing for public health, health and safety? That goes for everything. Like right. I, I, At the Pulse right now, Dave and I are putting those questions <laughs> a couple of days down the road. We got to get this issue out. We got to get the information to the community that they need and, and help this community handle this crisis. And we'll figure out <laughs> the, the money side of it when, it when it all shakes out and hopefully we can help it shake out sooner. Right. Uh, Miles, it's Wednesday as we're recording this. What do people need to know today? Well, I just got off the phone with Dave Lee now, the Door County Board Chair. He informed me that they are sending a strongly worded press release discouraging people from coming to Door County. That means don't take reservations, maybe cancel the reservations you already have if you can. That will be a message going to the hotel owners as well as guests. They're going to distribute that statewide. Hunker down, as Rob Josky put it Monday, you guys hunker down where you are. We're going to hunker down where we are. And when this all shakes out, we're going to have the biggest, widest welcoming arms to bring you all back up here. But right now, we don't want people coming from other infected areas, possibly bringing, we probably have this virus here now. As of this morning, we didn't have any confirmed cases in Door County. They're, it's here. It's got to be. But we want to limit that interaction. The Outer Banks of North Carolina shut the door. Right. You, you shared that with us uh, over Slack over uh, yesterday. And, and that was kind of an eye opener for me to see the lengths at which a, a destination can actually go uh, during this time. They actually have checkpoints uh, as you enter the area. And unless you have a physical residence there um, or are doing some sort of essential job in there, but you live outside of the area, they're turning you around. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's a consideration. I know those conversations have happened here, hypothetically, but I don't know that they're going to go that route. If I'm Washington Island, I'm very seriously considering doing that. I know that their business owners, even here at the Pulse, we've seen a massive influx of people coming from other areas that either they're afraid they're going to get infected there. So they're coming up to Door County to hunker down. There are reports of people coming here who have been told to go into quarantine because of their symptoms. And they said, well, if I'm going to go into quarantine, I'm going to go back to Door County and do my quarantine there in my second home. My neighbor just drove back up from Chicago to hunker down up here. And the grocery stores, one of the reasons they're getting so overwhelmed is because people are coming up here to hunker down and just open up their second home. And those, you know, if you're doing that, you didn't have any supplies here. So you're basically stocking up on everything when you come up here. So it, they're, they're cleaning out the grocery stores to do right. this. Yeah, that, that's the big thing too. I mean, I've heard people talking about like, you know, coming up here to to do their quarantine or to do their their social isolation. But when you when you come up here, you're stopping at a gas station, right? You're you're filling your car up, you're interacting with people. You're stopping at a grocery store to get supplies. You're you're stopping at different areas and interacting with people. So you are bringing anything that you have with you from outside of Door County into Door County, even if your intention is to get to your second home or to your timeshare or whatever and just hang out and social isolate yourself, you are still coming into contact with the community uh, in different areas, especially if it's a hotel or a timeshare situation where you're checking in at the front desk and you are interacting with people who are working there. Uh, you're, you're exposing people who otherwise haven't been able to stay home to outside influences. And it, I, I know that you have the best intentions, but it's not fair to the community up here. And let's be honest, like most people who own a second home are probably in that vulnerable age group. You're probably 60 plus on average. Um, and so you're, we're adding more of that vulnerable population 
for our local healthcare providers to try and take care of. Um, this is by no, like people own those homes. They have every right to do that. I'm, I'm not trying to sound anti anybody. It's just, this is part of the calculus of, of what the county is attempting to deal with when you have, like the pig said, we, ha- we have our winter crew and we're doing summer business. People right. are exhausted. They've had employees who said they don't want to be working right now. And they've said, fine, stay home, take care of yourself. So they have less employees. Um, the village has actually talked about sending some parks department employees to the Piggly Wiggly to help monitor the number of people coming in and out and not letting too many people in at any given moment. Jaquita said, you know, they're they're getting bombarded with uh, people coming in to shop. And they've told people, don't bring your reusable bag because it could t- potentially like have contaminants with this virus right now. So as much as I hate using plastic, now they're You've got to use plastic. Lots of different protocols going into place. Both there, Main Street Market's going to go to takeout only, like pickup only grocery shopping on the 22nd, um, in part to protect their own staff, where they will do the shopping for you. Here at The Pulse, we've been working with Greg Swain and his team over at uh, Logical Solutions to create a website for local restaurants to where people can place takeout orders and just order by pickup. So we, I think that'll be up and running by the time this podcast is posted. We're working with the fire chiefs to create an, a coalition. I'll be talking to Chris Heck about a, a coalition of fire chiefs who are coming together to create a volunteer network to meet some of the service needs of people, do grocery shopping for people who aren't comfortable going out, provide some basic healthcare advice of, you know, say somebody doesn't know how to take a temperature or doesn't know like what the bad temperature is, you can call this instead of burdening the 911 system, instead of burdening the hospital. So we'll talk about that a little more detail later, but those are the things we're going to need to do in the short term right. to get through this. Uh, anything else people need to know today? This is Wednesday morning as we're recording this. Anything else that, that has come up? We are hoping that with subsequent episodes that are coming out more rapidly, uh, that we'll be able to just jump into what people need to know right away. We won't have yep. to do sort of the recap that we've done at the beginning of this one. Uh, is there anything else that people need to know right now? I think that's the main situation as it stands right now. Um, the, you know, I'm kind of curious, you have a newborn, Andrew, what is this like to be looking at a lockdown situation. I mean, you've probably already stocked up on tons of stuff. Well, we we definitely did get the supplies that we needed. We tried our best to keep our numbers of supplies to just what we needed for the foreseeable future. Um, there was recommendations of two weeks to 30 days. That's what we followed. So we definitely weren't stockpiling or grabbing way more than we needed. Uh, we're hoping that that can that, that that type of buying is more prevailing in, in the following days, especially right. as supplies are scarce. Um, every time that a store announces that they're restocking, I'm sure they're getting <laughs> they're a bunch get- of people who are bombarding them right when they open and they're just taking as many supplies as humanly possible. Um, and that is that is not the thing to be doing right now. So yes, we, we stocked up. Uh, we got our cleaning supplies and our medical supplies. So that was the big thing that we thought of too, is like, if we do get sick, even if it's not with flu-like symptoms, do we have what we need to be able to stay at home and medicate and try to feel better. Um, lots of vitamin C, trying to keep our immune systems boosted. Um, formula is the other thing. Our preferred brand of formula was totally wiped out. Hmm. Um, so we we got a couple different brands. One pro tip that I did see, if you do have a baby and you are afraid that you are running out of formula or aren't able to find the brand of formula that you use, most formula 
containers have a number on the back that you can call and contact the company directly and they should be able to send you formula that way. So hmm. um, that is something that I have heard. So if you are in that situation and you don't know how you're going to find your preferred brand formula moving forward, um, that that that's an option to check out. But we're, we're doing what we can. Uh, working from home has been interesting. We are lucky in that we have some room to spread out. So I, I can kind of have a home office situation, but I know that there's a lot of people out there who don't have that luxury. Um, Matthew Marcon, who you might remember from Dork Honey Paul's podcast episodes of the past. I've not, totally forgotten. Who is Matthew? Yeah, it's his birthday today, actually. <laughs> uh, him and my wife share a birthday, funnily enough. Uh, but he got in contact the other day just to see how we were doing. And he said that he's struggling in his studio apartment that he oh, lives yeah. in with his girlfriend to try to, like, you know, not suffocate each other. So I know that that's probably something that people are dealing with as well. Oh, thank, thankfully, I, I understand why people want to come up here for this quarantine because like this morning I went out, I walked my dog down the road, not another soul in sight and can walk through the orchard by my house and, and things like that. If I were back in my Chicago studio, just like Matthew, I would be going stir crazy and it'd be really hard to walk down those narrow hallways and not be coming in contact with people and coming in contact with potential spread. Right. So we have that unique situation that we can do that. I, you know, I, I didn't mention this. This is not the time for kids, for parents, now that you're not in school to have playdates. Um, I guess there were a ton of people at a playground yesterday and I saw some pictures online. Sister Bay has shut down the playground. They've shut down the village hall. They shut down the sports complex. Even though those things are open air, they're discouraging people from gathering and, and going to those places. So they're sending a message. These are closed and we will enforce you to leave because it doesn't make sense for a bunch of kids and a bunch of adults to be touching all that equipment all at the same time. And you're mingling 25 people and you might just be rapidly spreading it. So, right. I mean, be smart and, and hopefully we keep ourselves clean. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up here for this episode, but keep your eyes on your feed. Um, keep your eyes on the Door County Pulse website and social media because we will be pumping out more episodes. There will probably be another one that comes out today. Um, so just keep an ear open for stuff. We're going to try to keep people as updated as possible. Uh, but we're also going to try to provide some other stuff as well. I would like to do maybe 15 minutes with you, Miles, and just talk about tips for what you can do while you're at home for this week. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, one thing that we've talked about as an office is like, how do we keep keep ourselves physically and mentally healthy when we are home and our routines have been totally shaken up. Um, so I think that that's good information for information for people to get. Um, so we'll talk about that too. And uh, what can we do for our neighbors? You know, right. We're, we're fortunate. We're young, we're healthy. I can get out and go for walks, but there are a lot of people who won't have that. If you're not as healthy, if you are maybe in a nursing home, like what can we do as a community to reach out to those people and, and help any way we can? Right. So stay tuned. Uh, we will we will be talking to you again very shortly. Uh, thank you for listening to the Dork Honey Pulse podcast and uh, stay safe out there, everybody.